Check. Good. All right, we are good. Corey, how's it going? It's, it's good. It's good. <laughs> Had some technical difficulties. That's I'm a right. little, uh, little, little furious right now, but I'm good. I'm good. That's right. Bitcoin and beyond. Here we go. Buckle up. I'm coming off a concussion, so if I get a little off the rails, that's a uh, that's the problem. <laughs> you. <laughs> you had a concussion today? I didn't tell you that. No, it was last week, but Saturday. But, uh, but anyway, we'll be all right. Was, uh, was alcohol involved? <laughs> no, 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 no. I've, been, I've not been drinking for a week. Dang, so alcohol <laughs> wasn't involved. That's embarrassing, dude. <laughs> it was, it was. So uh, anyway, uh, so we, I, I guess, can we get the one thing out of the way? Because we did do this this week, and I think it's, yeah. Pretty big deal. Um, but we're not going to spend any time talking about it because we don't want to talk about it right now. Uh, so we released this article. Uh, Forensic report raises questions about Australian tax office's handling of Craig Wright probe. Uh, so we will put this in the description. Um, not going to go too into this right now because this is probably just the beginning of, of more to come. But I did want to call out the conclusion. So I think this is this conclusion... It's pretty straightforward. Um, number one, uh, with the documents that we've obtained, it, it appears that the ATO backdated a private ruling to Wright's company, Hotwire PE, which is a violation of law. Um, pretty much, we, we proved with specifically one email, but there are more emails that were alleged to be fraudulent, that the authenticity of emails used as evidence in the ATO's case uh, was called into question. Um, but specifically, the one email was that uh, that private ruling that was backdated, they never received a notice of. So that's pretty interesting. Hey, um, by the way, uh, someone said that your volume's a little low. All right, thanks. I'll turn it up. <clears throat> um, uh, and then... All right, how's that? All right, and... <laughs> Probably good. And then uh, I guess I would just say the last piece here is that independent forensic analysis showed a large security vulnerability in the Australian tax office's networks that allowed for records to be altered and forwarded without being recorded. So this is actually probably the most, uh, in my opinion, mind-boggling one. Um, and, and the extent of that security vulnerability, if it wasn't intentional, is pretty pretty big. So, But we will leave it at that. We'll put a link later. But that's not what we're talking about today, Corey, because we are talking about the good old-fashioned lightning network, right? Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, it seems that lightning's been getting a lot of uh, a lot of press recently. Um, this whole torch thing, I don't know if you've seen a little bit on Twitter. Apparently, Jack Dorsey on Twitter, he had it at one point. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I'll Just, pull uh, up. So, Jack actually tweeted today saying that the... Uh, <laughs> the oh look at this he's even setting up so I'll show the screen too he's setting up his own little lightning wallet uh, look at that he's got 49 cents on tipping.me um, already got tips some satoshis I mean he's all in on this BTC uh, lightning network stuff I'm pretty positive he's invested a lot of money in lightning labs I think that's that's why well he also owns part of circle doesn't he is that right um, actually, I, I Kurt might have to fact check on that one. You know, Kurt Weckert, a uh, good friend of ours, he did a video on this. So, uh, in an article, yeah. article, video, I can't remember, but uh, I know he talked about it in the video uh, last week. Both, yeah. So, he, he did a good job. Um, so, I'd encourage people to go check that out. But yeah, Jack is all in on the Lightning Network. Um, I, I didn't watch the podcast he did with, uh, I think he did it with Elizabeth Stark and stuff, <clears throat> but I did watch the one he did with Joe Rogan where he pretty much argued that the same, you know, <laughs> the typical, just like not important stuff with BTC. Um, now what we're going to talk about is how the lightning network is going to change Bitcoin forever because it's going to change Bitcoin forever. That's what everyone's telling us, right? That's what Jack is telling us that the lightning network is going to make Bitcoin uh, the greatest thing ever. It's going to allow people to send money, Peer to peer, right? Microtransactions. It's it's the, pretty much the greatest thing that I've, I've ever heard of, Corey. Peer to peer cash, being able to send it, uh, no limits, no restrictions, right? Any small amount that you want. Sounds amazing. Sounds pretty cool, right? Yeah. Um, 
and it's in the early stages so if you invest now you're gonna get super rich <laughs> how great is that how great is that how great is that it's awesome uh he, he also owns cash app right so cash app is a way to buy bitcoin he's he's called bitcoin cash a scam uh he said you can buy you'll, you'll be able to buy btc on coinbase or on a cash app <laughs> But you'll have to use Coinbase to buy fake Bitcoin. That's what he said, word for word. Uh, and then he also said, uh, someone mentioned SV to him. And he said, I'll check it out. Principles are important, but so are, so is usability or something like that, right? Um, mm-hmm. you know, I, I don't buy it. I think he's got a big plan involved with, with the Lightning Network. Um, and there's, there's probably a reason for that, right? Um, now, you had brought up a video, right? This 10 myths about Lightning Network. Do you have those 10 myths written down? Is that right? Uh, I have most of them written down. Well, so this guy basically said 10 myths myths that I kind of find uh, actually true. (laughs) But he basically like everyone. uh, Yeah, this guy here. um, We don't have to play the whole. It's a 13 minute video. I can't not even. Yeah, it's not even worth your time to watch. But I just I was curious to see what he had to say, because it honestly blows my mind that people are like actually supporting the lightning network right so the thing about lightning network is i have no idea what's revolutionary about it at all besides it's like it's almost like a fiat system created on top of gold in a way like that's kind of the similarities that that i'm kind of seeing and when the fiat system you have these like central hubs the banks that kind of act as the uh money transmitters um but that's a myth, Corey. Right. <laughs> As we can see, that's a myth that Lightning Network really decentralized <laughs> hubs. So we'll address yeah. that one. Let's see. I'm going to keep going. The routing problem on the Lightning Network can't be solved. His reasoning behind this one was stellar. Really, really stellarly articulated that the routing problem has somehow been solved because he said so. Uh, let's see. I'm just going to keep fast forwarding. There are no good non-custodial Lightning wallets. Don't care about that, right? Don't really care about wallets. Well, he actually agreed that some of the custodial wallets uh were bad okay and he's but his argument was it was kind of funny his argument for that one well we can i don't know we can talk about that one maybe later okay uh well just... his argument is it's still early though okay it's still <laughs> early <laughs> of course of course so 18 months so we'll just talk about the i'll just look at all the myths and then we can cover them so myth you need to open a channel to every merchant that you want to pay so that's actually not true but uh but uh they say light network and other l Layer two solutions will reduce the security of the base layer by taking away fees. Is this true? It's very true. We'll, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. We'll just read all these out here. Uh, the Lightning Network is an altcoin. That's, you know, okay. Uh, straw man. Funds are locked in channels. Also kind of true, but we'll get to that. Uh, Bitcoin's locked up and there will be a shortage of Bitcoin once Lightning catches on. I mean, there's not enough Bitcoin for Lightning mass adoption. That's stupid. You need to be online all the time to use Lightning. Also true. Oh, no, sorry. You can use the watchtowers. So you can use trusted third parties. So that'll fix that problem. Trusted third party. Yeah, that'll fix that problem. Uh, The Lightning Network (laughs) Trust Chain will be used in the next Olympic Games. Okay, that's stupid. Stupid, stupid, stupid. Starkness is a CEO of the Lightning. Stupid. Uh, The Lightning Network is owned by Blockstream. It's created to destroy the real Bitcoin. Well, maybe we can talk about that. Maybe. (laughs) Maybe it's feature complete and ready for mass adoption. That is a myth, one hundred percent. All right, so we covered those, Corey. Right? Um, let's let's talk about this first one. So, Lightning Network will lead to centralized hubs. Okay. Okay. Um, so, let me pull something up here because most people, it's still our linked uh, Twitter. It's our or, or what's it called? Pinned tweet. It's still our pinned tweet. Uh, the piece we wrote called "Bitcoin: A Decentralized, Complex Social Network." Right now. The problem is that we found, even in BCH, is that no one actually knows what decentralized even means, right? It's kind of just this buzzword um, that has been talked about forever. So I encourage everyone to read this. We'll put a link in the description. Um, There's plenty of people that probably have never read this that I think would benefit from it. And obviously we're biased, right? Probably biased that we wrote this. Uh, A bunch of techno babble. A bunch of techno babble. Uh, but but what we can talk about just generally, right? Because we thought about just making the whole show. Well, <laughs> we were trying to go back and forth what to do today. But uh, I think you could probably end all these conversations if you actually were to examine like 
graph theory and, and networks themselves. Problem is, no one's going to do that, and then they've also been convinced that all of that's a lie. Um, but but what we can kind of just generally talk about is so actually here's a picture of the Lightning Network. So um, kind of the funny thing is that they say they say it's a myth that it'll lead to centralized hubs, but it's already showing what in graph theory is called a hub and spoke network, right? Um, we haven't even taken into account, and this is why people hate you know. Uh, they hate law. They think that they're going to excurt law, but every single person that runs a money, a, a light network node is a money transmitter by law and is subject to those regulations, right? Um, and this calls into, in my opinion, the biggest myth about capitalism is that crony capitalism is capitalism, right? Um, and, and regulatory capture is capitalism, right? The reason why Jack probably has no problem with the lighting network is because he's going to be one of those hubs because he has the infrastructure he has the connections he has all of the head start to say okay i'm going to make this money transmitter hub on top of lighting network i'm sure eventually it'll work fine right i'm sure eventually it will it will work fine where you could send a couple satoshis on twitter and it'll go through jack's hub right and if jack's hub goes down you know, pray for your funds, but, <laughs> but, but, but here's the thing it, we, you can talk about the hub and spoke model of the network, which is a natural byproduct of mesh networks of this kind anyway, but even just from a legal perspective, it, if, if you know anything about economics, if you're, if there's already a giant license, uh, a barrier to entry by having to get a license, to create one of these companies, one of these nodes in the network, it's going to create a centralized system. That's that's how all of, of crony capitalism operates. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, so uh, you know, do you have any comments about about this? Just generally, like, well, I did have like, it's kind of ironic that the argument against big blocks is that you're going to have centrality of of miners. And I mean, I think the centrality in, well, that's the argument of the centrality of miners, but I think, you know, that, that network is already going to be decentralized through the competition of mining. Now, when you put this second layer solution of lightning on top of Bitcoin, that eliminates the competition system that Bitcoin naturally had, like of trying to compete for... Um, not only you're, you're trying to compete for transaction fees, but you're also trying to compete for the uh, block reward as well, which eventually that's going to run out, um, which we'll get to later, which uh, with the security aspect right. of the underlying network. But um, it's just kind of ironic to me that like the arguments for both situations are kind of similar in a way, but the decentralization and competition of Bitcoin SV is the revolutionary part of the network that is Bitcoin. This whole le- like lightning network, it's uh, it's really just a POS system on top of Bitcoin. Like it's like how many layers are we going to create, you know? And you know what's funny almost is that like they tout this because I'm not even convinced it's going to be possible. They, they, they are convinced that lightning network is going to enable full anonymity it's going to enable all these other uh, uh, capabilities that Bitcoin isn't capable of. But why would you want that in a payment system? Like, this is the other thing no one understands. If I'm a company, I'm going to have to keep these records anyway. You, you see what I mean? Hey, well, if you're a money transmitter, you, you're going to have to. Yeah. Especially. Yeah. So, 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 it, <laughs> essentially, you then end up with, with another ledger that you have to keep track of instead of just putting it all on one blockchain that is the source of truth, right? Um, but, but we should we should maybe even focus on this whole, because I do want to finish this whole concept of of, of a mesh network, right? Um, mm-hmm. Because what people don't understand is that, and for whatever reason, it's become like, even people in Bitcoin Cash now, they don't want to accept that this is true, that Bitcoin does, the Bitcoin mining network is a small world network. They, they, they refuse to accept this just because it came from one guy they don't like. But this is a fact essentially of the network. Um, and, and it's what makes the network so strong. So to help people visualize this, if you don't know this already, is basically 
a small world network takes a mesh network, which is the, exactly what a lightning network is, where if I'm here at three and I need to get all the way to 12 over here in the top right, I now have to go to four to five to six to seven to eight to nine to 10, 11 to 12, right? And the lightning network, as we can see, if I'm all the way over here in the bottom left of the network and I want to go all the way to the top right, I have to go to here to maybe to here to maybe to here to maybe to here to maybe to here, right? Um, mm -hmm. Now, this paper on Bitcoin and red balloons, I find this hilarious, by the way, that uh, I mean, this <laughs> uh, fluffy pony, the Monero dude, like, I had a spat with him on Twitter about this paper, and he essentially was just like, that paper says nothing about Lightning Network and blah, blah. I'm like, yeah, okay, but it says something about graph theory. It says something about networks. And he literally clearly did not want to even engage in some kind of like intellect, which, you know, I'm not surprised. He doesn't ever do it. But uh, this, this paper pretty much shows that a Sybil proof network has to have less than three hops, right? Uh, as you can see in the light network, that's not going to happen, especially at scale. It's not going to happen. And if it does happen, you're going to end up with just centralized hubs that are not competing with each other to mine blocks, for example. They're not set up in this system of actual competition. They're set up in a in, in economics terms, like in economic terms, you could just say they're set up in a uh, <laughs> really a crony capitalism, like, like an oligopoly, right? An oligopoly. Right where they're just guaranteed to exist because they have the licenses, right? Like, like Corey, New York, right? It, yeah. You can't be an exchange unless you have that bit license. Isn't that what it's called? Bit license? Right. Yeah. You, you, if you're an exchange, you have to have that license. It sucks. Uh, no, never mind the fact that there's already barriers to entry to be an exchange, but uh, in New York, you now have this extra barrier of entry. No one but Coinbase is probably ever going to operate a Bitcoin exchange. Do they even, they operate in New York, right? Um, I think they, I think Gemini, yeah, Gemini has the, I think they were the first to get the bit license, but uh, the bit license, dude, it's like, it's so complicated to get that it's not even worth the time. That's why people like don't really focus on New York anymore. <laughs> like when it comes to cryptocurrencies and Bitcoin, right. they, they focus on the investment aspect. They love the investment aspect. Right gambling rings and stuff like that <laughs> but uh unfortunately that's what a lot of meetups lead to you know what's the next hottest ico <laughs> apparently those have died down though quite a bit yeah, apparently. Since, uh, but um and, and we haven't even touched on the fact yeah. that they want to decrease the block size we haven't even touched on the fact that they 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 believe wholeheartedly that on-chain fees because this is their, their their answer they say it's okay that lighting network will take away the velocity on the Bitcoin network because we're just going to hike the fees up in Bitcoin. Mm -hmm. and, and and because the fees are going to get so high, that will sustain the miners and, and all the activity will take place in layer two, right? Yeah. Now, <laughs> do, do you ever, do you like Peter Schiff? Have you heard of Peter Schiff? Yeah, I've heard a lot of his stuff actually. So the he's guys, against Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies, but I think... Do you know why? <laughs> Have you, so well, I actually have, I have one of his videos up because I, I, it just happened to come up on YouTube for me. I'd seen it before, but I was just, I, I wanted to watch it again. I was just bored. Uh, well, I do know why. Um, and a lot of his arguments with Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies kind of align with the same reasons why I'm a Bitcoin maximalist. He, he basically, ironically, makes the best points you could ever argue against BTC ever. Right. I mean, I mean, the, the irony, honestly, of, of Eric Voorhees debating this guy and Eric came out looking like an idiot, in my opinion, it is it, it says so much about how far BTC has strayed from anything that makes Bitcoin valuable. You see what I mean? Um, I don't know if this is the right part of the clip, so I don't know if I should even play it. But his main ethos is, number one, you can't use it. This was in December of 2017 when this video came out. Right. Uh, mm -hmm. You can't even use it to buy coffee. That was his whole thing. It's not money anymore, right? Um, but then he's in this argument with all these people and he's like, why is it value? There's no store value. There's nothing inherently valuable about it. There's no, it's not a commodity, right? Right. Um, and the, irony, the ironic part that now BTC can't claim this, Bitcoin Cash can't claim this, no other cryptocurrency but Bitcoin, which is Bitcoin SV, can claim this, is that there's an inherent commodity to storing data forever, you see what I mean? There's mm -hmm. an inherent commodity to having a ledger 
that stores data and stores transactions for eternity. Now, if the transactions are just there of people going in and off of fiat on-ramps to make money, right, just casinos, there's no inherent value to having an immutable ledger of casino gambling, right? But, no, I mean, there is, but... <laughs> uh, the inherent value of having data stored immutably for eternity, essentially, as long as, as long as capitalism works, as long as miners are competing with each other, that's inherently valuable. There's something inherently valuable about that, right? Um, mm -hmm. Now... Uh, whoops. <laughs> I, I just find it funny because none of that is actually the claim of, of BTC, of Lightning Network, of any of this kind of stuff. That's not the, the uh, that's not the inherent value proposition of what BTC claims. They claim, well, it's digital gold for whatever reason. Uh, it has no use, but it's digital gold. And then they say, but the Lightning Network's going to take care of that problem of velocity. It's going to take care of that problem of, of utility, of, of being able to move it. And, and that's why Jack's all hyped on it, right? Jack can set up Twitter where people can send money to each other, peer-to-peer, -peer, right? It's what, a, what an invention that Jack and, and Lightning Labs has come up with. Um, but, uh, but I just want to finish up this point here is that basically the reason why you end up with a hub-and-spoke model is because you need liquidity, right? Corey, like, can you set up a Lightning Network node right now and, and manage $1,000 through a channel, right? Uh, first of all, I hope you don't because while you may have $1,000, I hope you don't risk putting $1,000 into this experimental tech right now <laughs> okay yeah and the people that do the people that do have that uh not only the capital but the regulatory capture of having the appropriate licenses to do this is going to be few and far between the people who already have the money you see what i mean there aren't people that are are, are, are working uh doing proof of work there aren't people that are actually investing into the system the people that are going to essentially create a quasi proof of stake model where, okay, well I have all the money. Now all the transactions are going to come through me. Now I'm going to get the fees. Now I'm going to become bigger and I'm not going to do anything. There's no point to improve. There's no point in anything. Right. Um, it, it's a proof of stake model pretty much. It, That's 100%, all it is. Yes. 100%. 100%. It, and, and why is that? And, it, and maybe they are, maybe they accept that, but they can't say that it's a proof of work model anymore. Uh, well, of course they do. Of course they accept it because the current, I mean, honestly, the current world we live in is proof of stake. You see, you see what I mean? Right. Um, and and that's, this is no different. This is absolutely no different. Uh, and, and you're you're joking me if you think, if you think you're going to be able to sit at home and run a light network node without any kind of license or anything like that. It's, it's absolutely ridiculous, right? Yeah, I mean, my kind of, argument against like people that don't think it's going to have be a money transmitter by law and like have to follow all the regulations that are associated with money transmitters it's like well if you have a payment if you have a payment channel open all right and then you want to close your payment channel that theoretically means that you are owed a balance of bitcoin in, in the end correct correct so by you putting your money in that payment channel and them owing you actual bitcoin in the end of it that is a money transmitter. That is you, like I don't. I don't get under. I, I don't understand how they, how they don't un, like. It's not on chain anymore. It's off chain, and it's just a bunch of balances being run, similar to what we have now, like Venmo. Okay, yeah. I do transactions on Venmo, but I don't actually own that money until I bring it back, and the Venmo has to comply by so many rules because they are a money transmitter in that case, and they have to pay me with my bank when I want to, when I want my money back. So, I mean, it, it, it's to think that it won't be a money transmitter lightning notes. That's you're being completely ignorant. And, and, um, in the case of, uh, well, I mean, let's be honest. Everyone just thinks that law doesn't exist, right? They think that they're going to get away with it somehow. Right. So that's another thing. Yeah. <laughs> so good luck. I, I wish them luck. Right. Um, so we're on to the next myth here. The routing problem on the light network can't be solved. Now, his answer to this is the dumbest thing I've ever heard, if you watch it. Um, I mean, you, you hear his answer is just like, I think it's like pretty much solved. It's pretty much solved. But he's not understanding what the routing problem actually is. It goes back to this entire concept of, on, of, of, of this, right? If you have to move money through an inherent number of hops to get it to these, the layer that you want to settle on essentially, like, like, or basically mm -hmm. I want to complete the transaction. 
every hop that you go through is inherently one more possibility of a man in the middle attack. And this is, this is the irony is that everyone is regulate is relegating themselves back to the networks that have failed in the past. And, and what I mean by that is uh, Napster, uh, uh, I mean, BitTorrent in some aspect, Tor, uh, all of these networks that everyone says that they're gonna they're gonna change the way we all interact with each other and all sorts of stuff, they all failed, and they all failed for one reason only: that they they operate in this mesh system that can be man in the middle attacked, and and really what that means is civil attacked, right? Um, mm-hmm. The the most remarkable thing, like, and people don't understand, this, like you are insane if you're gonna use Tor and think that you're anonymous today. You're insane. You're absolutely insane because. Think about you don't. I'm not going to make arguments about conspiracies or anything like that. Though. Oh, someone. Just think about the concept that if you have to, if you're making something that you think is private, and your traffic is going through a handful of nodes, if just one of those nodes is controlled by someone that you can't trust, you're screwed. You're screwed, and that's exactly what happened to, um, uh, you know, Ross Ulbricht was caught in a similar capacity. Uh, if someone owns the exit nodes, you're screwed, right? Um, the irony is that Bitcoin solved the problem. Bitcoin and completely solved the problem that you can get your transaction settled in under three hops, really even close to almost, <laughs> you can get it settled in one hop if you know what you're doing. Um, the, the actual network operates in, in like what, 1.2, 1.3? Um, the irony that people are trying to relegate us back to worse networks is so funny to me. Um, and, and actually, did you see this tweet Unwriter made? Uh, first of all, Unwriter. Wow. Oh, yeah, phenomenal. I mean, it's not one person. There's no way it's one. I'm, I'm convinced it's no longer one person. There's no possible, absolute way it's one person. Um, Unless the one person had all the stuff ready to go a long time ago. <laughs> yeah. And now it's just like holding on to it and be like, watch. I'm going to like amaze all these people and drop all this stuff within five days or something like that. <laughs> he made this tweet and it's pretty much the the... Uh, this this defines Bitcoin SV right here. Most people not paying attention have no idea what's happening or why it's all happening, and it's by design. One day you'll wake up to find that all our puzzle pieces have come together, and the world has become a different place than last night. Uh, and and he's spawned because he's building the tools to scrape this new network, this network that fixes this problem of having to jump through all of these different nodes. The problem is solved. Bitcoin solved that problem. I don't think... Uh, inherently, in the white paper, it's called we solved the double spending problem, right? That, that's what it's called, okay? What people are trying to do now is instead of using the economics that fix the network structure to solve the, the double spending problem, they're saying, okay, well, obviously that system doesn't scale well. So instead, let's use a different frame, a different form of network and we're going to use cryptography to solve the double spending problem. The irony is that they don't know that they can solve that problem. <laughs> They're convinced they can. They, they were convinced, what, three years ago that it would be done in 18 months. Right? Uh, right. Uh, they're convinced it's, it's right around the corner. And I'm sure it will get done. I'm sure they will. I've, somehow... actually, I've actually heard some people say like five years. Like, I think some people are coming to the realization that it might be a little bit longer. Because they're... they're but, <laughs> we don't have time for five years, in my opinion, but hey, you know. But when your inherent <laughs> model is we can fix this by solving a problem, that and you don't know what the root problem is, it's never going to be fixed. You know what I mean? There's always going to be one more thing to do. Always. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> the... the I want to reiterate one last time the irony that a different type of network. And again, I encourage everyone to read this thing. If you haven't read it again, tune around horn here, but I think this is pretty damn good. The irony that we took a network that operates like this and through economics turned it into something better than this actually, because this is randomly connected better than this. And that means that you can publish data instantaneously, you know, like, Everyone was shitting on Craig for shitting on WikiLeaks, but in reality, what value does WikiLeaks have if I can, if my goal is to publish data to the world 
and not have it stopped by anybody. I can do that instantaneously on top of Bitcoin. If that's my goal, right? Um, mm-hmm. So you you get rid of gatekeepers. You get rid of all these gatekeepers. And instead, imagine, imagine, bud. I'm going to imagine if you didn't have enough money to settle your $1,000, which is what openly these people have said, $1,000 to settle a Bitcoin transaction. They would call it a success. Okay. Imagine being a whistleblower and you don't have $1,000. You're screwed. Oh, what are you going to put on the light network? And you're going to hope that one of these regulated hubs isn't going to stop you. And, 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 you know, I guarantee you they don't even allow data pushed onto these, these things. Right. Cause, cause the, imagine the waste, imagine the waste. Right. All right. Sorry. Yeah. That was kind of a rant, but uh, we'll go back. Right. Just to kind of summarize routing though. I mean, it, Long term, the Lightning Network has two options. Either they use centralized hubs to protect their transactions or they leave a huge vulnerability for civil attacks. I mean, it's either or. Really? Right? Yeah, wonderful. I mean, that's <laughs> bottom line. You, you either have central hubs and you protect your transactions or you have a huge mesh network which is extremely vulnerable to civil attacks. And you, what's, what's more likely is you end up with both actually they actually end up with both you know what i mean mm-hmm. um, but yeah well no pro- i mean no you're probably right because it's probably gonna happen it's gonna be regulated to high hell and uh it, it, you know you can only send a lightning transaction to one of, of five approved companies for example right um now uh, <laughs> remarkable court remarkable this is what uh, imagine being satoshi nakamoto imagine the frustration you must feel yeah and uh, what i liked about what i thought was hilarious that this guy mentioned he's like if people have trouble with one payment channel just open up another payment channel (laughs) (laughs) sure okay yeah yeah if you don't have venmo i'll just sign right up and i'll get venmo if you don't have zelle i'll get i'll sign up for zelle like there's nothing revolutionary about this stuff and their argument is like have multiple payment channels open that's like that's their solution to be having liquidity in the system is having multiple payment channels open. Like I don't want to have a Venmo bank account, Zelle over here, Coinbase account. Like it's the, unbelievable. The lack of understanding of like user experience, you know what I mean, it is remarkable. Oh, oh yeah, that's another thing. User experience. They, yeah. they just don't get. And it, did you see? Not peer to peer. It's not peer to peer at all. Even their trust <laughs> chain shit. It, what a giant string. Just send me the giant string, then we'll do this, then I'll go to my command line interface and I'll type this in, right? And then and then boom, full on. Oh, and it'll fail, but then we'll open up another channel, right? Core, we'll open up the other channel, then we'll be fine. And I mean, then, don't get me wrong, it's it's cool technology. But it is like it's it's kind of cool from like a technological standpoint, like just seeing everything and like yeah. but no one's gonna use that. If that's gonna be global money, like no one's ever gonna do that. Yeah. Yeah. It, 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 well, and, and again, a payment the idea of a payment channel isn't a bad thing, right? A payment channel, and I encourage everyone actually, I don't know if we mentioned this the last stream, but uh, Ryan Charles did a great job of summarizing Craig's article where he talked about payment channels and being able to malleate transactions and to malleate the transactions. Uh, did you see his video? If you didn't see his video. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, good. If anyone else didn't, we'll <laughs> try and put a link in the description. Uh, uh the link in the description. I love saying that because it never happened. The famous line. <laughs> uh, um, but uh, uh, the, the ability to, to, I can open a channel with you, have payments move forward. I can move data across the channel, but we can malleate the transaction before it gets sent to miners so the data doesn't settle onto the, the blockchain. Um, so the idea of a payment channel is a good thing, right? But mm-hmm. it doesn't. we don't need a mal- malleability fix because malleability has inherent use cases. Um, and, and shout out to John Fuqual, because I happen to still read the work groups. Uh, John Fuqual has stated many times why he does not want a malleability fix in Bitcoin Cash. And Omri is is not convinced. I mean, there, there's still this argument of, of why. And I think I know why Johnald. I think Johnald sees the value of, of, of malleability, um, right? But they're going all in on these malleability fixes. All in on malleability fixes. Um, so payment channel is a great thing. But it uh, doesn't mean we need all this other stuff, right? Um, 
Now, all these other myths, some of these are just straw man myths, but this is a perfect one, Corey. They say the Lightning Network and other Layer 2 solutions will reduce the security of the base layer by taking away fees. Is it true, bruv? <laughs> is it true, Corey? Uh, I mean, I I don't know how it's not true long term. <laughs> it's in, it, The funny thing is, the, the funny thing is that... Um, even Roger, I was so surprised to hear Roger says Roger's not worried about the minor happening coming up, right? Right. I was very surprised yeah. to hear him say that to us, uh, because at some point, and this was outlined by Satoshi from the very beginning, uh, at at some point you end up with what is the incentive to mine? If the block work keeps going down, you either have a Ponzi scheme. Where the value just somehow keeps going up and up and up and up for no reason. There's no utility. There's no velocity or anything like that. Or you have an actual economic system. That's why Satoshi said um, in 20, I think he said in 20 years, there'll either be a ton of volume or none. Right? Mm-hmm. He, he said that because it's a very obvious economic answer or, or principle that like, if the subsidy continues to go down, of course, now they're talking about <laughs> increasing the supply. I don't know if you saw that too. That's the next thing they're going to do. Yeah. <laughs> increase the supply. Because <laughs> they realize that this is going to be a problem. Of course. Of course it's going to be a problem. Uh, so, uh, anyway, so it'll reduce the security of the base over taking my feeds. I don't see any possibility that that's not true. Unless you're just economically ignorant and stupid. And you just somehow think that the price is always going to go up. Because the price always goes up. When that when it halves, right? That's what it does. That's the only. That's what happens, Corey. Right? Uh, mining reward happens. We uh, go up in price. That's what's always happened. It's going to keep happening, right? It reminds <laughs> me of so many other freaking scam bubbles. It's ridiculous. Um, so I don't, I don't see any possible way this isn't. This doesn't happen. You end up with just like maybe one miner, probably. The the irony of, of bitching about centralization, and then you end up with probably less miners because what incentive is there to even mine the thing, right? Uh, right uh, well i mean if i have a like well you have to think about too now like if i'm a big player and i want to enter the game the bitcoin game would i invest in getting a money transmitter license and um just open up a hub and where i can make a lot of money because the transaction volume going through there i can make a lot of money doing that or i could waste a ton of money on energy and try to mine Bitcoin, which might not work <laughs> if, <laughs> if, if, if right. no one's doing transactions on chain anymore. Right. I mean, theoretically, if no one's doing transactions on chain, the fees will be very low on chain. But the thing is, like, that you're going to have so many people like, if, OK, let's say people it goes back and forth. A lot of transactions, not a lot of transactions. It's like as a miner or as a big investor in Bitcoin, I'm not going to deal with that fluctuation of transactions on chain at that point. I would just go, take the easier route, be a big central hub, um, get all the certifications that I have to get <laughs> to do that, and just make my money that way. That will be the easier proof of stake way in a terrible economic system. But, um, but yeah, and, it's it's pathetic. It's pathetic. Well, you bring us into the next myth, and the my favorite part about the Lightning Network is that the, the myth is the Lightning Network is an altcoin. Uh, well, obviously, it's not a coin. But, Corey, the best part about the Lightning Network is that it's coin agnostic. It's just a balance. So we can have... So who cares about the cryptocurrency, Corey? We can have... You can swap Bitcoin for Nano, for Tron, for any other shit coin you want. Right, and the Lightning Network now acts, and, and and so this is my favorite part about the whole thing. If I'm someone who doesn't like that Bitcoin is an honest deflationary system, what what <laughs> what what would I do? Maybe I would create the Lightning Network, which allows me to swap assets with each other. And so so here's the the perfect example of this, right? Because this is actually kind of what we saw in twenty. What seventeen? I guess when the mm-hmm. the price was crazy. Is you had an exchanges printing tether, right? Think of the Lightning Network as an exchange, essentially. When when you come down to the, the swapping of, of the asset, right? 
because you can just say, well, I'm going to exchange Tether for Bitcoins, right? Um, and when the Lightning Network says, well, I don't care if you're Bitcoin or if you're Monero or if you're Zcash or you're whatever, right? If that's the case, then you inherently need exchanges. So you need exchanges for any, for any of this system to work. And once you have exchanges, Corey, you can introduce inflation at the entry and exit points of the exchanges. Where you can say, and, and by the way, I, I, this socialism, capitalism conversation is the most ridiculous thing that I'm seeing in this chat. Just so everyone's clear. I don't know if you're looking at this, but like, my yeah. God. Uh, uh, like one day, I will, we will do a whole thing about capitalism to explain to people what capitalism is. Especially this, you, Ed, this one person. You do not understand what capitalism is. I'm sorry, but we will explain this to you because you do not understand this whatsoever. Uh, uh, back to the point. <laughs> <laughs> so please stop arguing about this. <laughs> um, the, the point being that when an exchange is the onboarding ramp, all they have to do now is print these tethers that are not actually tied to a ledger. And then you can just print more of them then you can pump the price and you can introduce inflation in a more insidious way where you have the exchanges themselves introducing inflation into the system because who cares about Bitcoin now? Corey, I can, I can have nano, I can, I can make a new cryptocurrency. And that's actually the other thing Peter Schiff gets right, that there's 1,300 cryptocurrencies. So don't tell me there's 21 million of these things and therefore there's value. Yeah. You see what I mean? He actually, yeah, he brought up a great point when he, did, when he said that. Um, I mean, the whole inflationary aspect gets introduced into this lightning network. and it's The irony is that they want to take Bitcoin, this thing that they're like all maximalists about, right? Mm -hmm. And they want to put it into this succubus layer that says, I don't care if you're Bitcoin. So they go, well, well Bitcoin's the greatest thing ever because there's only 20 million and it's somehow better than all these other cryptocurrencies. Uh, so we're going to put it onto this lightning network and the lightning network is just gonna suck. Who cares? They don't, the white neighbor doesn't care about your bitcoins. So these ironic thing is these maximalism maximalists are cheering on the creation of a network that doesn't actually care about the underlying asset. You see what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, so it's not an altcoin, but it facilitates not a maximalist world of bitcoin. Right, and it, it takes a lot of what current investments are doing in today's world. In today's real world, like outside of um, outside of like crypto investments, it's like there's a lot of futures contracts. There's a lot of like just investing in random companies and stock. And it, it, futures contracts to me is pretty much just a gambling ring, and I don't understand how that that happens. But um, but that adds the inflationary aspect that we live in today. And I seriously see the inflationary aspect of current uh, fiat systems very threatening. I don't know, to me, this is a very big concern for me on the next couple of years. I've been watching it very closely to see how um, how things are going to start to react when if we do hit another recession. And this is not an investment advice, by the way. But if we were to hit another recession, I wonder how quick our system would be towards quantitative easing again. And I think we're all going to globally see the effects of inflation and hyperinflation um, within the current fiat system. Um, but I, I actually, going back to the futures contracts, I don't know if you saw this tweet uh, a couple days ago, but as someone said something about um, there's probably going to be, shoot, I can't find it. But, uh, oh, there's going to be futures contracts on lightning fees in five years. Or not lightning fees, on on-chain transactions. So people are going to essentially be able to bet on the fee of on-chain transactions. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Which, to me, like, that's also adding another inflationary aspect to, to Bitcoin. It, it's... Uh... Well, you saw the futures contracts did starting... What, November of 2017 right. or whatever, right? Yeah. Remarkable. In the, the, the ironic part, Corey, you're, you're so spot on. This is exactly why Peter Schiff hates Bitcoin. <laughs> and 
The irony thing is I agree with him about everything. The thing he doesn't understand, and the reason why he doesn't understand it is because no one even champions this, is that there's an inherent commodity value to the ledger. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But everything else he's spot on about. All the He was first introduced to it by libertarians who were like, this thing's deflationary. It's scarce, right? There's It's just, it's just Bitcoin. There weren't 8,000 cryptocurrencies. Uh, yeah. And instead, now it's like futures, ETF, like blah, blah, blah. Uh, Lightning Network's going to six. It's not for sending money. It's not for spending micropayments, all sorts of stuff. Like everything that, that you ever could have argued against him is gone now. Um, and I, I like the guy. So he's so, you know, he's a great person to listen to if you want to hear about everything else but Bitcoin. And in a way, if you want to hear about why BTC is never going to work, listen to him as well. You know what I mean? Um, well, all right, so we'll finish up this guy's stupid myth stuff, and maybe someone, maybe we can send this to him. Maybe he'll watch this video. Uh, yeah. But uh, uh, funds are locked in channels. That's a fact. Did he, does he deny that myth? Because that's a true thing. Um, your funds aren't really yours, so they settle back on the chain. But what they're going to tell you is that no, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter at all because it's, the Lightning Network is just a layer two. But the inherent security lessens. Each layer up you go. I'm sure there'll be a layer three too at some point, right? <laughs> um, the, the security, it, it, the security inherently becomes. Well, I hope my lightning node doesn't get attacked, or I hope my, which is never going to happen. I'm not going to run my own node, so I hope my watchtower node doesn't get attacked because that's what's going to happen. Did, did we even get to that myth yet? That that's the art. Charlie Lee. That's what, oh, during there'll be lightning network watchtowers. They're going to be trusted third parties. That will hold your funds for you, so you don't have to be online all the time. What's what's <laughs> revolutionary about that? What is revolutionary about trusted third parties? They got to justify will... it, dude. They got to justify it. Um, uh, oh man, this is one. This one's stupid. But hey, you know, hey, create a third layer, the lightning exception. Lightning exception. <laughs> Fourth layer. Fifth layer. <laughs> Yeah, you need to be online all the time. Use lighting. That is one of the myths. That's a true statement. But but they're, they're going to tell you, no, no, no. You can just use a watchtower. You can just use these trusted third parties. Uh, it's going to be great. So, um, and actually, comment. Great point. Comment. Great, great, great point. We haven't we didn't really even distinguished this. They say that lightning is a layer two solution, but because of what we were just talking about, where it doesn't actually care whether you're Bitcoin or another cryptocurrency, it is a layer zero. That is essentially what it becomes. It is a succubus. It essentially becomes a layer that that Bitcoin exists on top of and and every other cryptocurrency exists on top of it. So now Lightning Network becomes the the network that is a, as we covered, a relegation of innovation. It's it's a relegation of of innovation when it comes to like actual robustness of a network. Uh, and, And there's three properties, robustness, search, and diffusion. All three of these properties are what networks strive to be. They, they strive to, to have, uh, you know, the most properties of these these three characteristics and uh, the Lightning Network does not even hold a uh, candle to Bitcoin, right? So they want to relegate Bitcoin onto this layer zero. I love that. That's a very good point. I'm glad you brought that up. The layer zero solution of the Lightning Network. Um, so, and, 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 you know, what better way if I'm Jack than to bring you onto layer zero? <laughs> I'm going to control layer zero, <laughs> of cryptocurrency, of course, people with a lot of money are going to want to get in on that, right? Uh, they don't. They don't want to invest in mining equipment. They don't want to compete with other miners. They don't want to uh, actually invest in this network that actually provides this uh, more robust network and better security. They want to just sit in their walls. And in the typical Jack Silicon Valley socialist way, they want to have a proof of stake system that they just get to invest money. Sit on it, make more money, invest more money, sit on it, make money, blah, blah, blah. Cycle continues, proof of stake, Ethereum. <laughs> <laughs> Ethereum, bada bing, bada boom, right? Uh, yeah. All of the above. So uh, this one's stupid. Starkness is the CEO of the Lightning Network. It's not true, but uh, 18 months still hasn't happened. Uh, the, <laughs> this is a good one. The Lightning Network is owned by Blockstream. It's created to destroy the real Bitcoin. What do you think, Corey? All I'm going to say is Bitcoin's 10 years old now, and we have things like Handcash and Centbee yep. and Keyport 
and I'm probably I'm leaving a ton out. But I mean, we have all these cool things that are easy to use now today. Why should and people will say it's probably five years away from mass adoption. Like we're not ready yet. Well, why do we keep kicking the can down the road if things are already ready to go? And I think, you know, there may have been a third party that tried to hinder the adoption of Bitcoin. And I think I, I, <laughs> I want to be careful with my words, but yeah, well. uh, there may have been either some people are really, really dumb or someone was trying to hinder the growth of Bitcoin because it is clearly like on pause for now. Like the fact that people that support Lightning tell you that it's five years from mass adoption, like that is, why would I care five years from now? Like if it's not gonna, if it's not gonna be anything revolutionary, why should I care for something like that? Exactly, exactly. So, so yeah, I don't know. I don't know about Blockstream, but I just know that the growth of Bitcoin was hindered. So that's about <laughs> it. And we'll come to the last. Uh, the last um, myth, which is it's feature complete and ready for mass adoption. That is 100% a myth. <laughs> um, yeah. So, uh, perfect. Yeah, so I, I think um, we can, I mean, we, we covered a lot of it. We're, we're, we, have, we have about 10 minutes left, eight minutes left. Um, maybe, maybe I, I, I know that... <laughs> Because this took up so much of the chat, but I actually think that this covers this inherent property of what we're talking about. Believe it or not, right? This idea of socialism and capitalism. I'm going to address all of Ed's points that he's been making on every video we make. He makes it on our Twitter feed. And Ed, I appreciate you watching all of our stuff, uh, but I'm going to tell you why I believe you are wrong, okay? And this is what you're saying in the chat right now, that... Uh, uh, Lightning Network node hubs will be privately owned, same how banks are privately owned. So this is the problem that you have, okay? So central banks are not privately owned. So Wells Fargo is not a private capitalist company, okay? Because Wells Fargo, is the what Wells Fargo is and what the banks in the United States are, are byproducts of the government. And, I, and what I mean by that is, okay, so in 2008, uh, the banks were bailed out. Why were they bailed out? Right? Because they are given special treatment by the government. The government, and this is what crony capitalism is. Okay? Crony capitalism is where a company that should have failed by free market forces has cash flow interjected into it by the government. Right? Anytime a market is subjected to that, it is no longer a free market. It is no longer capitalism. Okay? Now, in Bitcoin, all miners in the system are free to lose to each other. And what I mean by that is that no miner is safe via the hands of any kind of equivalent to regulatory capture. The case in the Lightning Network is very obvious, where if I'm, you know, let's say me and Corey are, are two big hubs in the Lightning Network, right? Uh, and I ha we have a ton of money, and so we're, we're, we have a lot of liquidity into our channel. Um, but the only way for anyone else to become a Lightning Network node is to get the same licenses and approval from the government that we got to be money transmitters. In Bitcoin, because of the way miners uh, are protected under law, they are not. They don't have to get special licenses to become money transmitters. So the difference here becomes that miners can be easily the, the barrier to entry to be outcompeted as a miner is subject just to the market forces of how expensive is it to become a miner. The barrier to entry to become a Lightning Network node is I not only have to have the, you know, obviously the capital to do it, which is what mining is, but I have to have the regu the regulatory capture of here's a license, uh, here's 
um, you know, special treatment essentially. And now you can compete with the special group of people that we've all said are allowed to compete with each other. Right now, what people in, in uh, what people in America don't get, and, and actually, so Ed, <laughs> Ed, I'm talking to you because it, I I appreciate you watch everything we do, and I appreciate that you watch everything you listen to everything we do, but you are always commenting about socialism. I encourage you, and I will you send us an email, our old email, the BCH Boys at gmail.com. I will send you this book because this book changed my life. Okay. Uh, the Road to Serfdom by Frederick Hayek. The entire principle is that any time, or, or sorry, the entire principle is that he wrote this book at the end of World War II. And <laughs> I know this is getting a little topic, but this is important. He wrote this book at the end of World War II uh, it, as World War II was coming to a close. And it was, it was kind of written from a perspective. He was addressing his colleagues in Europe. And he said, Look, uh, when World War One ended, all of you pointed to Germany, and you said, "Okay, we had all, we the government took all these liberties to to take over uh, markets, to um, to take over companies for for wartime." And they said, "Okay, look at what we did in wartime. We accomplished this victory. We accomplished all these tanks. Right? We built all these tanks. Uh, uh, all this warfare. We we did so much good stuff by capturing companies. Right?" Uh, and Ed, please stop typing. Listen to what I'm saying. I want you to understand what I'm saying. You're typing so much here. Listen to what I'm saying here. Okay? He's a quick typer. <laughs> Listen to what I'm saying. At the time, all of the economists said, well, look at what we accomplished in wartime. Now imagine what we could do in peacetime. And Germany was the model of this after World War One. They said, great. Uh, we're going to nationalize all these industries. We're going to do all this stuff. And in the peacetime in the middle between World War One and World War Two, all the economists in the rest of Europe were pointing to Germany as the model example, okay? And they said, Germany did so much, right? What does Germany become? Obviously, Germany becomes, <laughs> uh, uh, you know, Hitler, right? Hitler takes over. They become the most fascist uh, state we've known in, in, in mankind's history, right? Now, when World War II was coming to an end, they did the exact same thing. The exact same thing. All the economists were saying, well, look at what we accomplished in wartime. Now imagine what we can accomplish in peacetime. And Hayek's definition of socialism was the entire principle that uh, any aspect of trying to plan the economy is essentially socialist, right? And, and because any kind of planning has to come from some kind of central authority. Now, uh, the reason why I'm bringing all this up is that what we have in today's society and the reason why Bernie Sanders just announced he's running for president. Uh, I, I mean, I mean, Corey, have you seen, we haven't even talked about this. The democratic presidential playing field is socialism abound, essentially. Uh, it, it's going to be remarkable. But the reason why this is so popular in our time is for the exact same reason. Is everyone goes, well, look at how much money we're wasting on all this bad stuff, like war and all sorts of stuff. Now imagine if we spent it on healthcare. Right. Imagine if we spent it on, uh, <laughs> you know, free cars for everyone, free education and all this other stuff. Right. Imagine if we did that. It'd be so wonderful. Right. That'd be so, 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 so wonderful. Um, and, and that's not a bad line of thinking. But the problem is that market forces produce more health care for everybody, more and better health care for everybody than a central authority doing it. Right. Um, cheaper and better yeah 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 he's not getting it so i'm gonna leave it at that <laughs> he's not getting it ed thanks for watching all, all of our stuff uh but uh you're wrong you're wrong and i, I encourage you you can come on this show anytime or even just call you we can have anything else happen and we can talk about capitalism socialism all you want okay so <laughs> let's chat man uh, so Corey, anyway, Lightning Network. I apologize, but 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 I, I will tie it back into Bitcoin just for our purposes here. Obviously, <laughs> is that the Lightning Network inherently requires inherently requires some central authority to plan the system, inherently requires some central authority to determine your payment is going to go from here to here to here to here, 
and then it's going to work because there's this liquidity and there's not this liquidity here. And by the way, that's not a licensed node, uh, but this one is, so you can use this node. So we're going to build into our software that you go through these licensed hubs um, instead of like this dream, this wet dream mesh network that everyone thinks is going to work, right? Um, and Bitcoin, the beauty is that it's inherently just a free, open, competitive system uh, where miners are competing for you to bring to get the transaction to them uh, as peer to peer as possible. And that's why we see the 1.3 network distance in reality. That's how I'll tie that back in. <laughs> so we took down the light network. It's going to change Bitcoin forever. It's going to revolutionize Bitcoin, right? Um. <laughs> These comments. Uh, yeah, I mean, we'll Let's just, wrap this I think, up. Uh... Let's wrap this up. So yeah, uh, yeah, and in Rene Pickhart, we'll send this to Rene Pickhart. Maybe he'll, uh, maybe he'll watch it. What do you think? Yeah, yeah, cool. Yeah, it would be nice to get some feedback. All right, good. <laughs> <laughs> All right, All right, guys. Well, thanks Talk for later. joining us, and uh, we are going to sign off in right about now.